We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Vince, let's go into our daily mailbag and get that rocking and rolling here. We have a super chat from Connor Patton. My guy, Connor, I haven't seen you a whole lot lately. I appreciate the super chat, Connor. Hope the move has gone well. Happy summer vacation to Vince and other educators. That's right. He is a teacher. So he is obviously on that as well. So happy, happy vacation to you as well, Connor. Yes. This is the part of the year. No question about that. John Banco with a super chat. He says, if we beat Ohio State, what three or four freshmen most likely were the biggest contributors. Tobias. Tobias. <laughs> I wanted to time it the same as you because I knew where you were going. Yeah. On. Tobias, Jaden mm-hmm. Mickey, Junior Tuyalamaka. Those are my Yeah, I'm gonna players. I'm gonna throw in another linebacker to be determined whether it's Nolan Ziegler or Jalen Sneed. I feel like one of those guys is gonna have a big play on special teams, you know, because like to beat Ohio State on the road, you, you know, you can just outplay them like right. Oregon did. So it's a lot good. easier when you can force a mistake, yeah. you know, a special teams mistake, a turnover, or something like that, a big hit to pin them at their own 15. You stop them, they punt, you get the ball at midfield, and you know, you go down and get a touch. I mean, those are the yeah. things that can have a big impact. So I think you know, special teams is an area where you're, you're gonna see that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one freshman we didn't talk about who we probably should have is Bryce McPherson. Yeah, the punter. The freshman punter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's a guy that could have an impact. You know, he's gonna have a chance to starting punter is gonna be it be the kid from right. Harvard or the the right. in- freshman so there's gonna right. be a battle right that's exciting so what if he wins the punting job then he's gonna have right. a big role against Ohio State because field position against oh. a team like Ohio State is so important yes no uh, you know I mean if if Tice if Tyler Newsom doesn't shank an early punt against Clemson does Clemson go up 14 nothing I mean one of their yeah. drives is like 30 yards long because he shanks a punt out of bounds right yeah. you can't make kind of mistakes like that when you play really good teams no. on the road so uh, you know, that to me is you know, Tobias is one. I think I like the Mickey one junior. Maybe. I don't know if he'll do that against Ohio state. I don't know if that's the game for him, or you could say, Hey, look, we like him at Mike in this game because he, we don't have to load the box up as much because we get this big Mike that can go run and play. Maybe, maybe that's the thing that they go with, but maybe not in the opener, but I think on special teams is where you could see a freshman have an impact. So Tobias, Jaden, Mickey, you know, but you know who I'm who we might not want to discount is maybe like one of the tight ends. 
Ooh, okay. You know, just like getting lost in the shuffle and Eli Raritan streaking down the seams because Ohio State's like, that's a freshman. We're worried about Michael Mayer. We're worried about this guy. And all of a sudden, Eli Raritan outruns a safety down the seams for yeah. a big play. Right. You know, I could see something like that as well. So I think those would be my best guesses. That's a good question, John. I love those on-the-spot questions. Those are yep. always really fun. That was great. That always was really fun. Totally appropriate for what we're talking about today, too. I love it. Very much so. Stay Very on. much so. Got a super chat from Travis. He says, uh, I saw Austin Novasad mention Notre Dame yesterday at 11. What new quarterbacks do you see Notre Dame getting in the mix with? For the Baylor summer? commit, right? Yeah, Baylor commit, who has also visited Ohio State and a couple other programs this summer. He's open to other teams. I'm not going to dive too much into this one, Travis, because we're going to – so I want to wait till the Elite 11 is over because I don't want to say a lot, and then all of a sudden there's rumors speculating while kids are down there. I do believe that soon Notre Dame, you're going to start hearing Notre Dame reaching out to quarterbacks. I think that's going to happen soon. It's just not going to be the next couple days, in my opinion. I do expect, however, him to be one that you start hearing more about moving forward. And there's some connections there that we'll get into down the road uh, as to why he is would be interested in Notre Dame, and I believe he would be. But uh, – yeah, we'll have more on that here once the Elite 11 is over. Um, and I'm just a full disclosure, I'm going to have an article coming out probably Friday or Saturday where I go through all the quarterbacks that I think Notre Dame should go after. And that'll also include some guys that I'm hearing that they're going to go after. But it'll mainly be like, here's here's who I think they should go after. And I can assure you that he also will be on that list. And I'll explain why, um, talent-wise, but also there's a connection there that um, should help Notre Dame out with that as well so yes i do i do since his name is already out there i have no problem talking about him uh it's it's i'm I'm okay talking about austin it's more of the the other guys that i'm not gonna mention yeah well it's not tease it's just it's just i've been asked to not do that yet right no i'm I'm not gonna do that yet i'm just kidding with you you know that i'm just like ooh, okay yeah you tell yeah you tell We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. 
As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. John A1 says, as for the 2022 freshman, I'm hoping Benjamin Morrison is as good or better than Brian evaluated him to be and push Barnes and Lewis for that starting spot opposite Hart. Yeah, I love competition. Always. Yeah. And I always like when freshmen are ready to play. Because if if he's that good and he doesn't play, to John's point. See, John, what I like about what John said is there's people like, I want so-and-so to start over Clarence Lewis. Why? You just not like Clarence Lewis? Why not say, I hope Clarence Lewis becomes a lot better as a player? Like, right. I've heard all the reports, oh, Clarence is playing better. I don't care about what he does in the summer. I only care about once he gets to fall, can he cover dudes at Ohio exactly. State and all that? That's what I care exactly. about. Exactly. Right? Uh, you know, but to me, if Clarence Lewis breaks out and takes that big step, I don't count a problem with Clarence Lewis starting. I care about whoever starts playing well. Exactly. That- what I don't like is people start like rooting against a guy. I don't care right. if, hey, here's why I want Ryan Barnes to start. Because I think that kid has great potential, blah, blah, blah. You know, and Vince has made the argument. Same sure. with Cam Hart last year. Yep. It's because it's, it's arguing from a positive. Right. What I don't like is when people say, I don't want that guy to play. Right. Well, I, I want him to start stuck. because I don't want him. Yeah. That's and I get why people yeah. say that because Clarence struggled at times last year, especially sure. against some of the better opponents. He struggled against Cincinnati. He struggled against Oklahoma State. He struggled against North Carolina. I get all that. Yeah. But he also saved them against North Carolina as a freshman when Tariq Bracey was getting torched, and he came in the game and set, helped settle yeah. things down and really yes, played did. well. Had a nice breakup down the field. Yes, so I just, I just, I don't like that. I don't like when people say that. I mean, you can say whatever you want. I just don't like it. If Clarence sure. is the best guy for the job, that means Clarence had a great offseason. What I like about what John said is he hopes that 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 Benjamin pushes those guys, because what that means is yes. if he doesn't play. It's because Barnes or and or Lewis stepped up, and that's what I care about. I want somebody to step up and say, "This is my job. Right, I'm going to handle it, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to be great at this. I don't care who it is, as mm-hmm. long as it's the job is getting done. I really don't care who it right. is." Right. Sean Kane says, "What is Jabron Payne's expanded role going to look like now with the Janarian Price injury, and can they only use him for uh, four games until Diggs is back and preserve a year of eligibility?" Yeah, they can. I mean, there's going to be games where – I mean, look, am I play, I'm not playing Jabron Payne against Ohio State unless he's just so good in fall camp. Right. That, you know, because you don't need to play him in that game. Right? You don't you yeah, need exactly. to play him. You're in, a bit of, you're in a bit of a pickle. Absolutely You know, correct. as long as Chris Tyree and Aldrich Estime are healthy, I don't think you need to – you don't have to play a third back. You don't have to play a second back that often. You really just – especially in the opener, early in the year, you're fresher. Right, you exactly. You have to play three backs. And then maybe you play him against Marshall 
and then, you know, maybe Cal, and then he doesn't play against North Carolina and BYU, and then maybe you play, you know, and then by then you're getting closer to when Diggs will be back. So, you know, what's his, ex- I don't know if he's going to have an expanded role. I, I, don't, I don't think that's give, a given, Vince. I don't think that's a guarantee that he's going to have an expanded role because, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, he's got a lot to prove. Can, is he healthy? Right. right? I mean, he hasn't played a lot of football. He's rushed for under 400 total yards the last two years because he got hurt in the opener as a freshman. And he only rushed for like 200 some yards last year because he was still battling injuries and his his team wasn't as good. Uh, So, you know, to me, that's kind of where I look at it. Vince is. No, I hear you. And I don't, and I think projecting roles as far as what the running backs are going to be doing is premature in June. You know, I, I just, let me, let me see a practice first and then and i'll mm-hmm. tell you what i'm seeing and then we can go down that road but like i i, I don't I, I don't feel good uh talking about what his expanded role is yeah. going to be and, and again like you said you don't need him to have an expanded yeah. role not early not no. against like ohio state and not at all but if he does earn a role i think it's just kind of like a third down back you know a guy that can play some slot a guy that can come in and give you a little bit of a breather deron Payne, if healthy and getting back to the guy he was before the injuries it's a good football player Sure. I just haven't seen him really look like that guy in two years. Right. And that's the big question at this point. Yep. In time. John Banco says, I personally predict that Buckner Mayer will be one of the top three quarterback receiver tandems in all of college football this year. I'll tell you what, right now, if that's true, this yeah. football team is going to be really, absolutely, really good. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're not saying QB tight end. You're saying QB receiver. Right. Well, that's an expanded group, right? There. I think, I think what he means is like pass catcher. Sure. No, I know. No, I, me, I, it's yeah. more of, for me, it's more of Buckner. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's more of if Buckner is part, like, we know Mayer's one of the three best tight ends. That's a given to me, Vince, what it's impactful for me is it means that him and Buckner are on like this great connection, yeah. which means the production's there, but that doesn't happen if Buckner isn't that dude. That's my that's that's kind of my takeaway from. I got you. Is boy, that's where you start getting like, you know, really excited about that. Yeah, and and and, because like you know, Mayer had great potential, great production last year. He's one of the five most productive tight ends in college football. But I wouldn't say that like him and Jack Cohn were like a top three quarterback receiver tandem. He was really good, right? And so that's kind of how I look at it. In in my view, that's just how I took it. This is a good one, Vince. This is easy. Toe Jam 1992. Brian and Vince, what is the process like for a quarterback and receiver getting on the same page and becoming able to read each other's minds? Reps, 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 and more reps. And that starts in the summertime with the player-led seven-on-sevens and all of those different things. It's just the more you do it, the better off you get. And I don't think it goes a whole lot deeper than that, to be honest with you. I would only add reps in the film room as well. Yeah, okay. Talking through it. Like, those are reps, though, right? Like, hey, what would you do here? What would I do here? Yes. And then, but it's all part of it. In high school, not so much because you don't have as much film time with kids. But in college, it's it's taking it from the film room to the field and vice vice versa. But it's all about repetition. Time. It takes time. Yes. And work together to do that. Absolutely. You've heard things about, you know, Peyton Manning would just take guys and they would have these summer sessions with receivers. And he would put, like, marks on the field. Like, I'm putting the ball here. You know what I mean? Like you need to get here, like a little X on the field. I mean, just it takes crazy. reps and it takes yes. time. You're not doing that in college. I'm just making the point that it just it takes work and time, and it's it starts in the off season. If and you it has start to doing be that in August, you're, dedicated. You're, it has to be dedicated. It has to be intentional work. You know what I mean? And you're right. It starts right. in the summertime when all these guys are on campus together. 
They're right. doing summer school, but it's not taking up that much of their time. You got plenty of opportunity, and they should be yeah. and probably are, you know, yeah. taking care of that. I, uh, I I I love this one right here. This okay. is, this I love questions like this, Vince. Toe Jam nineteen ninety two says, Brian and Vince, if you were in a dark alley in Ann Arbor <laughs> and found yourself dressed in Notre Dame <laughs> IV gear, which twenty two freshman would you want with you? Like, would I really need? On with me if I was in Ann Arbor, <laughs> I mean, if you just said Columbus, I might be like, yeah, I might, you know, uh, which fresh one I want with me in that instance, man, boy, that's a really, man, that's a really good question. I I'll go. I got one for you. Okay. I, I'm going to go with Tyson Ford. Okay. Because I could hide behind him. Number True. one. Um, but he's so, I, such a sweet kid. He is a sweetheart, he's you know, a sweetheart, but his mom loves IB. So yeah. I feel like that's going to be ingrained in him. He's going to fight a little harder for us. Because yeah. we got IB stuff on, so we're good. I'm going to go with – this is going to be funny. I'm going to go with Emil Wagner or Junior Tuyalamaka. The reason for Emil is that dude has such long arms and <laughs> strong hands. <laughs> that dude could probably throw, right? Like, I mean, you see what he did with the shot put and all that. Like, strong, heavy hands. Like, I bet you Emil Wagner would be a really good boxer because he's got good feet and he's got that length. Right? He's just going to jab you all day, right? Because I'm looking at it from that standpoint. And then Junior Tulamaka, because why would I not want Junior Tulamaka? <laughs> if I got into a dark alley with a bunch of dudes from Ann Arbor, you know what I mean? Why would I not? So, yeah, yeah. This is a good one from Sean Kane, Vince. Which freshman offensive lineman has the higher ceiling, Billy Shrouth or Emil Wagner? Billy Shrouth has the higher floor. Yeah. Uh, I think. I don't think there's a lineman that has a higher ceiling than Emil Wagner. The problem is, is what Vince just said. Vince just said the 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 floor is so much higher, right? With Billy, there's so there's such a long way from where Emil is now to where he needs to get. His ceiling could be, but if 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 all the linemen tap out their potential, Emil Wagner's the highest guy, highest draft pick, in my opinion, because he's so athletic. He's so long. he's got such strong hands. He's so long. That if if the weight thing takes on, he's going to be really really good. Billy Shrouth would not be far behind, right? I mean, it's kind of like it's yeah. not a McGlinchey versus Quentin Nelson discussion. It's a it's a Quentin Nelson versus Ronnie Stanley discussion, right? You know, because Ronnie was such a higher like Mike was Mike was probably a little bit better college player than Ronnie Stanley. Let's be honest. I think Liam Eikenberg was a better college player than Ronnie Stanley because Ronnie was really inconsistent. Even as a even in 2015, he gave up like three or four sacks in 2015. When he was an All American, but when he was on, he was tremendous. Yeah, and Emil's kind of like that—more of that higher ceiling. You know, when will the consistency light go on? Where Mike McGlinchey kind of maxed out in college, like that's that's the best he was going to be. Uh, and and same with like Liam Eikenberg, in my opinion. Not that they can't be good pros, but like sure. they're just not going to make. Where Ronnie took a jump in college, like Ronnie got better in the pros, even though he wasn't Notre Dame, mm-hmm. because he was still an evolve. He was still an, an, an evolving player. A lot of his draft was on potential. Right. He exactly. Filled. Exactly. He filled, you know? Yes. When healthy, he's fulfilled that so far. Yes. And Emil strikes me as that, but it's yeah. more of those two comparison than it would be a McGlinchey Quentin Nelson type. Like I'm not saying they're both going to be number six overall picks. I'm just trying to talk about yeah. the style of player. Context, yeah. Garen Nutson says, you mentioned how being tr- a track athlete is beneficial for receivers. Uh, Vince, I'll let you take this one. I think this is a good one that you'll be able to relate to. Because I'm sure that you've had to experience this a lot more uh, in coaching high school. Sure. But can you explain how wrestling is a positive or negative for an offensive lineman other than the obvious? Well, yeah, leverage is obvious. um, And that's where I would have gone first. But at the same time, I had a 
we had two heavyweight wrestlers <clears throat> that were our guards at one of the high school stops that I was at. And one was a state runner up and the other one was like a semi-state qualifier. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they're both just big, strong. So number one would be strength because in order to be a heavyweight wrestler, you've got to be strong. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is feet. They, they have really good, the, the, at least these two guys had really good feet. So we put in an offense essentially where we were pulling guards and we were getting them out in front. We had, we, we had, we ran a sweep play where both of our guards got out in front of the sweep and mm-hmm. they were in front of the running back leading the way, right? Because their feet were just so good. That comes from wrestling, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, at least for those two guys, right? They, they were just so quick with their feet. They were quick out of their stance because you've got to be quick out of your stance in wrestling. So they were quick out of their stance. And so they were able to get out in front of things. So that's where it benefited the most offensively, I think. It was their quick feet and their strength. I think the hand-eye coordination needed to be a good wrestler is also really good. I mean, you got to have fast hands. You have to. You know, especially when to get to beat guys that are shooting at you. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have – it's like it's like a cut block in, in offensive yeah. line. It's a very translatable skill. It's can you, can you fight that off and, and put that down when a guy's going lower than you? Uh, so, yes, Vince, I think that was a great explanation. Mm-hmm. I, I knew you'd have a good answer for that one because <laughs> in high school you deal with that a lot more, right? Like, I mean, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. The one concern I would ever have about wrestling for the high school level would be because of the weight classes. Like some of kids who would maybe be two twenty have to lose weight to get down to something else. Yeah. But when you're dealing with like Notre Dame, I mean, Charles Jagstall is not getting down to two twenty to wrestle. He's just going to be a heavyweight and be heavyweight. You know, just right? Um, right. But I do think wrestling also helps conditioning. Because that's oh, the thing about wrestlers is those are some of the best conditioned athletes I ever oh, saw. Yeah. I mean, they just like because they're all I mean they got to run. I mean it was, it was it was for like a like not a long event like a lot of conditioning for right. not a long event, which right. I was always really impressed by. Joseph Barrett asks, "How does Cam Williams compare with Cardinal Tate?" That's a really good question. I think Cardinal. I think Cam is now kind of where Carnell was as a freshman. They're very similar body types. I'd say Cam is a little thicker than Carnell was at the same age. Carnell was a pretty advanced player. I mean, that's the thing about Carnell. Carnell's not the most explosive guy. He's not the, the an elite athlete. The reason we had him as a five star, he's so, he just knows how to play the game. Sure. He knows how to get open. He's got strong hands. He's very advanced. You know, his seat, and this is what we said, his ceiling wasn't as high. Remember when we went back in March when we thought Notre Dame was going to get Carnell, we were asked, uh, on the board, I don't know if we talked about it in the show, but we were asked on the board, uh, do you do you think who has the highest ceiling of all the receivers on the board? And at the time, we thought Notre Dame had a really good shot with Carnell, and I said it's Braylon James and Tyler Williams. And you know, and 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 honestly, if I viewed Ronan Hannafin as a receiver then, he was more of an athlete then. I would have put Ronan Hannafin there ceiling wise, but Carnell has got a really high floor, like he's really advanced right now. And, and that's why sometimes I'm like, should, should he really be a five-star? Because I just don't know how much better he's going to get. But I think he's going to fill out and be there. But he's still a top 50 guy. Cam, to me, is still getting to that level. He's still learning the game. He's still kind of, you know, he's a bigger than Carnell was. I think he's faster than what Carnell was. But his overall feel for the game isn't where Carnell's is yet. And that's really what separated Carnell is he's got a really advanced game. He's not he's not in the top ten in in in, in high school receivers in just God given ability. He's just not. But that's not always what it takes at receiver, right? And we've talked about this, Vince. If 
an athlete like Carnell at another position is not going to be ranked as high as Carnell is a receiver because at, at a lot of positions at the end of the day, you, you got to be a, a pretty good athlete, you know, linebacker corners, you got to have some athleticism. You, you know, instincts only takes you so far at receiver is a different animal, right? Receiver and quarterback are two positions more than any other in, in football where you don't have to be a great athlete to be a great player. I would argue, you know, as far as the, the non-line positions. And Agreed. so that's what I like about Carnell. Cam's getting there. I would argue that Cam, at the same age, has a higher ceiling than what Carnell had. But the floors are really different right sure. now. And that's that's what separates Carnell from a lot of other guys. But that's a really good question to, to, to draw those two. And obviously the Chicago, but the similar body types and all that kind of stuff ends. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Giants Clown says, I think this will be a transition year. 23 will on will be our time. I'm so nervous about the Ohio State game. Vince, you know what we call that? I mean, that's called BKPTSD. Okay, there you go. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, why? We talked about this. Why last, is it a transition year? Yeah. Like, last year was a transition year. This, Yes. If you want to call it that. This year is not. I'm sorry. This year is not a transition. What are you transitioning to? Right. It's going to be the same. Like, you're not trans, – a transition means there's something there to transition from one to the other. Yeah. Well, I'm accepting them not being as good. Why? They. I mean, I just wrote an article the other day where uh, football – Walter Camp released their preseason All-Americans. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame were the only teams with three guys. Now, Ohio State had a fourth guy, but it was a kicker. I'm talking about position players. Whoa, whoa. Notre Dame had as many. I've seen mock drafts with Notre Dame having four first-round draft picks on this football team. Four. I just don't understand this whole, it's the wait till, because this is the crap we did throughout Brian Kelly's tenure. Well, we, this may not be the year, but wait till next year. And then you yeah, get to next year. It's like, well, this may not be the year. Wait till next year. Right. Why is 2020? Because I remember it wasn't that long ago last year. Well, 2021 was the oh, same people. Well, this year maybe not, but next year we're going to be really good. Well, first year starter quarterback. Okay, so what? Have have did we not just see a first year starter as a sophomore win the Heisman Trophy and play in the national championship? Did we not just okay. see that happen? Right. 
better supporting cast. Okay, at some spots, not at others, right? I mean, Notre Dame's got a first-round draft pick on the offensive line. They've got a first-round draft pick caliber player at corner. They've got a first-round draft pick player at safety. They've got a linebacker that we all think is going to be tremendous. They've got talent and speed of receivers. It's one of the fastest Notre Dame teams we're going to see since 2015. They're top they're, – this quarterback that everyone thinks is going to suck – not everyone, I'm being hyperbolic – was a top 100 freaking recruit, right, who only didn't finish in the top 50 because he didn't play as a senior, right? I mean, I just don't understand this. I mean, three years ago, everybody was like, Chris Tyree, five-star running back, and now it's like, ah, write him off, let's go for the next right. guy. Yep. They got the best tight end in college football, in my opinion. He's at least in the conversation. You're going to have one of the best offensive lines in college football. I don't understand why people or some people are just refusing to accept the fact that this team should be really freaking good. Right, exactly. And they don't have to beat Ohio State to be a championship team. They don't. Ohio State, when they won a championship in 2014, lost the second game of the year at home by two freaking touchdowns to a Virginia Tech team that went 7-6. and six. Yep. But by the end of the year, they were uh, the best team in the country. They don't have to beat Ohio State. They just have to compete with Ohio State and then run the table till you get to November 7th. And that's when you say, this is who we are. I just don't understand this notion of it being a transition year. It's not a transition year. Marcus Freeman doesn't view it that way. It, you know, he doesn't see it as a transition year. They got a shot to go out and compete for a championship. They've got one of the five best rosters in college football right now. There are 126, I think there's 131 teams now. There are at least 125 teams in college football right now that would love to trade their rosters for Notre Dame if you could ask those coaches in private without getting out. Flat out would trade, would not would trade their rosters for Notre Dame's rosters. And, you know, this notion that it's a transition year, I just, I reject it. I do because this is too good of a football team, in my opinion, for us to expect it to be a, a year where I just expect a couple losses. Right. Do I think they have to beat Clemson and Ohio State? No. But you got to beat one of them. You got to beat one of them. I absolutely agree with that. Otherwise, you're still Brian Kelly. And I just don't understand why. It's like Ryan says, uh, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to get excited about this team. Right. Right? Get over your BK PTSD and, and be excited about what this team can be because this is a very talented football team. And, and, and Michael Campbell, if you think I'm a homer, okay, cool. Joel Klatt has Notre Dame as a top five team for 2022. And his his post wasn't who are the five best teams. It was, I believe, if I remember correctly, Vince, who are the five most talented teams. Yeah. And I just don't, I just don't understand why some people are unwilling to embrace the fact that this is a really talented football team. A really talented football team. And it's okay to feel that way. It, it really is okay to feel that way. It's not a, it's not a sin to say, I think this team's really good. And then the whole end of that standard. Because we would do that for Brian Kelly. You and I would, Vince. If Brian Kelly's a head coach. Absolutely. No doubt. So, Absolutely. Um, Vince, I know you got a roll. So uh, I'm going to get re- roll through these next last okay, few cool. questions. Uh, re- real quick. Um, yeah. No, yeah, that's it's a recruiting question. I was going to get okay. them in there for you. But um, we're, we're good to go. Okay. All right. Thanks, All Brian. right. Sounds good. Got a super chat from Matt Koistra. This is happy fourth weekend. I asked this to you guys before. Do you guys still feel confident about ending up in a top five recruiting? Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely do. Notre Dame's about to go through a stretch this next week where the, their class is going to take a big jump. And yes, I'm very confident. I'm very, I think the question would be is what's the confidence level in the fish top three, which we were asked yesterday. I still feel confident in that, but I just don't see how they don't finish in the top five. I, I'd be shocked if they don't finish. It, it, I think it would have to them 
the recruiting rankings, people just dropping all their players or them losing some guys. I just don't see that happening. I really don't. Nellie Jackson asks, how is the ballot guard shaking out? Uh, for me, it's, I mean, there really isn't a battle at guard at this point in time, to be honest with you. It is Jarrett Patterson and Josh Lug is what we expect it to be. Now, if Josh Lug doesn't play well, and if if you're in a situation where maybe somebody gets hurt again, then sure, Rocco Spindler is going to compete. Uh, I think I think Billy Shrout is gonna, by the end of the year could be in that competition. But I think Rocco, Andrew Kristoffic obviously started several games last year. He's going to get an opportunity to win a starting job. But I just think you're moving Jarrett Patterson with the notion that he's going to play or he's going to start. It's not that. He's in a battle. I think maybe right guard, but I think Josh has kind of got that position locked down if he's healthy and continues to play. But if there is a battle, it could be there. And, and that's where an Andrew Kristoffic or a Rocco Spindler could really push uh, in, in for playing time. And, and I think that's that's kind of where there could be a battle, but I, I fully expect it to be the, the veterans are going to win that win that job. Tommy Gunn says, Brian, will Notre Dame actually run real RPOs now that we have a QB that can run? Uh, okay, Tommy, see, and I see the upside face. You're, you're, you're trying to be funny. Um, that's not an RPO. That is a read option. Uh, and I think Notre Dame will do both with, uh, with Tyler Buckner, quarterback, uh, you troublemaker. Uh, love you, Tommy. Michael Campbell uh, was the one that talked about Joel Klatt. I think I pulled that up. And then I got a super chat here from – uh, from Alan Watson, no negativity. People remember you can just as easily speak negative negativity into existence. Think about speak, think and speak positivity. If into what you want, I'm okay with people. If they truly believe a negative, they can express it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I just, there are some people that were just being childish. And so they got booted from the chat, but you know, I mean, to me, I look at it and I view it as, you know, if you have genuine questions and talk about them, bring them, let's discuss it. We can, we don't all have to, this isn't a Homer channel, right? Like this isn't a channel where we, we sit there and say, well, you know, we're Notre Dame fans. And so we only say good things. I think if you have genuine concerns, um, bring them up. But I think to Alan's point for me, it's, it's, it's more of a, but be open to the, to the discussion that maybe you have it wrong. Right. And, and, and allow that evidence to get in there, but also, Hey, I don't, this may be a transition year, but but be excited that the, the issue with the question that I brought up earlier wasn't the transition year. It's I'm super nervous about Ohio state. That's the BKPTSD part. And then that always looking for next year kind of thing. Uh, I think those are kind of the things that, that just kind of bother me a little bit, just for not bother me, frustrate me. And I, and, and the frustration isn't even towards the poster. It's more about the culture that Brian Kelly established of, always not there and accepting that they're not there yet. No, just wait till next year, wait till next year. And then just a, a bunch of new excuses would, would be brought up. And that just kind of drives me a little bit nuts. Uh, so it's not even so much the fan base, uh, you know, like, like Michael, Michael Campbell says, you know, he brought up, he has a, a comment here that I thought was kind of appropriate. And he said, you know, about it's a beat down fan base. And yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. All right, last couple here, and we'll, we'll get to there. We have some things about the offensive line. Brandon Pleasure says, why would Josh Lug start? I'm taking Christophic at guard over Lug. I think, and we've talked about this before, and, and Vince talked about this a lot. Josh Lug, I think, has got is a very disrespectful player. I think that there's there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that have kind of grabbed on to the mistakes he's made. We saw this a lot with in 2017 when Mike McGlinchey was playing phenomenal football. 
there were still fans that would kind of make fun of all the false starts he had the year before, ignoring the fact that Ronnie Stanley had almost as many in his All-American season, you know, and 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 they gave him the, the nicknames and all that. And they would just kind of focus on, and I'm not saying you, Brand, but they'd focus on those negatives and just ignore how well he was playing. Look, you know, Josh Lugg had some really good moments last year. He had some really ugly moments, but his ugly moments were built, were, were due to him being, A, very poorly coached, and B, playing tackle and he would do things where he would set and it's like he'd be on his heels and I mean they were being taught it and they're just get driven back we saw Josh Lugg in 2019 when he still had some of that Harry Heastan influence number one because Harry Heastan had coached him for a year and then number two you still had Hainsey and Leichenberg and those guys could kind of set the example for how to do things where he was much better in 2019 at tackle but the thing is, Brandon, is if he was still a, go- a tackle, then I'd say maybe there's a, a, a potential to beat him out. But, you know, I think Josh is, is projects much better at guard. And I think that the combination of him, I mean, I think he was their at times their best lineman last year. There was times where he was better than Jared Patterson. But it's just there were other times when he wasn't because he was out of position a little bit and he was, was coached terribly. So I think as a guard playing for Harry sixth year, if he's healthy, and this is a big if with Josh, I think he's going to be a good football player. And, and I, and I think that he's going to, he's bet he's been a better player than people give him credit for. He was awful in 2020, but he had no business playing center. None. He was good in 2019. when He came on the bench and he was solid last year. At times he got beat and had some ugly losses and some bad penalties, but a lot of other times he was a solid, good football player. And I think the other part, too, is I think his style of play fits a little bit better than maybe what what they want to do with Harry Heastan. But I'll also say this, Brandon, if Andrew Kostovic beats him out, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. But to me, for me, where I think you and I would have a difference of opinion is I think you would expect Kostovic to beat him out because you don't think Lug is good. I think if Kostovic could beat him out because I think Kostovic is re- could, could be good. And so to me, that's where I, I think – where we kind of disagree is I like the push of Christophic, maybe even Rocco, but it's more about them being good as opposed to Lug not being a good player. And John A1 says, wait, so the starting line is pretty much established. Left tackle, alt, left guard, Patterson, center, Correll, right guard, Lug, right tackle, Fisher. Going into fall camp, yes. Now, if somebody just beat somebody out, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely could happen. That's what good coaching does. But going into fall camp, I think this is the line they're working with, and someone's going to have to beat somebody out to to do it. And, you know, Brandon, in fairness, did say, and this is why I love you, Brandon, you're a very fair, open-minded guy. You know, being next to Kane Madden didn't help either, and you're spot on. You're absolutely spot on on that. So that's going to do it, everybody, for today's show. Chief Brody says it correctly. I'm just excited to see some college football, man. And, I, dude, I am with you 100%, man. I cannot wait. Cannot wait till we get to this season and just going to have uh, – it's going to be a lot lot of fun. I'm excited about it. And it is, as Ryan always says, man, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to be excited. Listen to my guy, Mace AK, though, everybody. You got to join that message board, boards.irishbreakdown.com. $4.99 a month, $49.99 for a year. Plus, you get discounts to the merch store. No, you just you're just missing out. You got to hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button, folks. Hit that notification bell. Share this podcast. If you're listening via podcast app, give us a five-star review. Visit that IB store for the best merch. But if you haven't signed up for a me- for the message board yet, sign up for the message board first. Then you get your 10 or 20% discount, depending on if you go monthly or annually. 
you'll definitely want to take advantage of that. Check out the Built Bars, 10% off using our Irish Breakdown promo code. All of that good stuff is going on. If you're a coffee person, we got an ad running for Trade Coffee. We had a lot of success with that. They have decided to come back up with us. My wife actually used that stuff and loved it. Uh, it's really cool deal. Uh, you have to basically, um, they take a quiz and then they send you a coffee from one of their vendors. That's uh, most of it is in, from North America. I think a lot of them are from the United States. Really, really cool deal. So check that out as always. And as always, go Irish. Thanks everybody for joining me. We will see you again at six o'clock. Sean Styers will be at six o'clock on the IB Nation Sports Talk. And then of course, Ryan and I will be back tonight at 8 p.m to cover the pending decision of 2024 standout receiver Cam Williams. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you again very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. (laughs) 